Welcome to the Old Souls and Seekers podcast brought to you by Satori Prime. If you're anything like us, you've been around and around the personal development and mindset block quite a few times. You've read the books, watched the videos, attended the seminars, and even worked with a coach or two, and yet you still find yourself searching for more. You may even feel stuck or that you should be farther along than where you are right now. And after doing over a decade of mindset work, we've come to this realization. Mindset work is like a small hit of dopamine that distracts you from your true work. You get these little hits of feeling better only to be met with the same underlying conditions and patterns over and over again. Now, mindset was an important part of your evolution as well as ours, but it hits a plateau and now you find yourself ready for that deeper layer of growth and expansion. If you're listening to this podcast, then you're ready to get off that Ferris wheel. This podcast is only for those that are ready to dive deep and do the real inner healing work. For those that are ready to move past more information into actual experiences. If you're looking for more understanding, then you've come to the wrong place. This is a home for old souls ready to fully embrace and remember who they truly are. Ready to make a profound difference in their lives and in the lives of others. So welcome home, dear one. We're excited to be part of your journey. Hey, everybody. Uh, Awesome. That's beautiful to hear, Joyce. And if there's anything more that you want to share uh, about that, more specifically, we obviously love to hear it. Um, bro, have you shared with the group the insane uh, testimonial that we received from the woman that uh, it stopped her seizures? Feel free to share. You can even read it if you want. That's pretty cool. Um, I just don't know where I would find it okay Uh, if you don't don't have it ready to go i say leave it be good sir yeah no it was just uh because joyce was saying how uh how valuable the meditations have been and you know we we get messages all the time like that the meditations are the most impactful thing they've ever done and this and that and a woman reached out and said that uh and again I'm, i'm paraphrasing but something like after 40 years of dealing with seizures and trying everything um after doing this meditations for a week uh the seizures have fully stopped um which is just goes to show at least for me i mean i i know this to be true for me personally um but i feel like as uh science catches up to what it is that we're doing uh we're gonna really start to see how much ailments and diseases are a function of uh, nervous system issues. Um, and the fact that there's some, like you gotta, you know, kind of realize like there's resistance in the body for having some sort of energetic or emotional experience. And emotion, I mean like the sensorial experience, not like I feel sad or depressed or whatever. So there's this energetic thing that happens in the body. If the body is fighting that, it's, it's almost, almost like some foreign object is coming in and it's fighting it, right? That resistance 
that having to bottle something up or push against it or whatever it is actually creates ailments, physical ailments in the body. And so the more we learn to actually downregulate our nervous system and actually be with what is in the moment, um, we actually will release a lot of that. So it's just been really, really beautiful to, to receive your messages. Yeah. And that's awesome because today's topic is kind of about soothing chaos in life. Mm. And the parlay is really, really nice with that uh, topic. Um, so how many of you guys here are, are, are newer to our community? How many of you guys have been around for a while? You see a bunch of people registered still popping in. But so if you're here, love to just start a little flow of uh, dialogue with you. So it's not so back and forth. And bro, last week, I like, it was so beautiful. We actually like sat and did, you know, like energetic work together. And I thought it was one one of my favorite ones when we do that. And I think, I know we lecture a lot, but maybe just doing little sits here and there would be be a lot uh, for these as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's a lot of, a lot of changes happening behind the scenes to our our organization, not so much in, um, what we provide and stuff like that. Our programs will still be here the way that they are, but um, how we're bringing people into our community right now is actually changing tremendously. So over the next few weeks here, you guys might see some big, big changes in, in kind of the timber and of who's here and uh, that they're you know, doing work. Um, uh, they're, they're already like doing our work. And so there should be a lot more people in here that are um, not looking at doing the work, but actually in, in the work as, as we speak. So you can kind of learn from their uh, point of view as well. So, yes, yeah, so we have uh, Cora. You finally made it. Good for you. Uh, Gina's on week three of meditations. That's awesome. Mira, Micah, new, amazing. Uh, saw you in L-Y. Oh, and launch you, Shona. I was like, L-Y. I'm, I, for, for a moment, my head went Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> like, we weren't in Kentucky. Uh, Sandra, what's going on? Always, always hanging out and checking out our stuff. Very cool. So, um, yeah, I mean, Right now, I just want you guys to know there's there's been a big change in how we're bringing people into the organization. Like I said, we recently launched a, a fully digital uh, curriculum that we dubbed the Millionaire Mind um, Immersion. I wouldn't say intensive because we already have intensive, but Millionaire Millionaire Mind Immersion. Um, we we were looking at the community as a whole, and um, a lot of you guys know that our, our live coaching programs are, are definitely premium pricing because the experience is premium. The transformation is priceless for people and we wanted to look at how we could uh serve people really from all walks of life so no matter what socioeconomic levels you're at you know we want people to to benefit from this work um and to provide that work to them so there's a whole new series of programs right now uh transformational work stuff around money because it's come up so much in our, our environment people really want help with shifting and transforming their conversation with money and then all the way segueing up to our live event, which is actually coming up on August 5th and 6th. If enough of you guys say uh, that you're interested in, in looking at that, I will drop the um, information for you uh, in here and as soon as I can. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so you just let me know in the chat box if you guys want that info and I'll, I'll happily uh, share it with you if that's what I mean. So um, where do I want to go today? So yeah, let's, let's just kind of kick it off, you know, a lot of us are, are dealing with with what feels chaotic in our lives. I'm actually going to let Elon talk about it, but what I want to kind of introduce here conceptually, and, and everything we talk here, even conceptually, we just want you to know we're not interested. Um, we're not interested in you guys understanding overarching concepts, right? 
concepts are like maps. They're very helpful in guiding you there. But Elon likes to say pointing at the moon is still not the experience of the moon. Is that how the line goes? Did I butcher that completely? <laughs> Try again. I, I don't know another line, so you have to tell me. <laughs> I don't know what else it could be. Pointing at the moon is still not the moon. Is that what it is? No. It's it's like if if you if you shoot the if you shoot for the moon and you don't hit it, then you'll land on the stars. Is that what you mean? Like no, like no, no. You had a line like a few weeks ago where you're like like pointing at. Oh, the oh, oh. The 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 finger that's pointing at the moon is not the moon. Got it. I didn't take I didn't take my brain pills this morning. I'm a little I'm a little bit foggy in the brain. That, <laughs> that flew in really late last night. I slept on the couch so that I didn't wouldn't. Uh, bother the kid the kids are my wife so i'm I'm, um god knows where i am right now mentally but um yeah so the finger pointing at the moon is still not the moon meaning the direct experience is what really matters so we have learned over the years that maps are useful guides but you really want to take on what does it mean to play in the territory of my life okay how do you play in the territory well territory means directly experiencing so how do most people do life? Well, they have chaos in their, in their experience, which is to say chaos in their inner world, which is being reflected in their outer world. And then they're like, I need a book. I need a map. I need a guide. I need something. And they try to figure out some kind of formula to get around it, get through it, whatever it might be. And the one seemingly most obvious thing that most of us don't do if any of us don't do is we don't just sit with our experience we don't actually be with the chaos we just want the chaos done and so we lose the opportunity to learn from what the chaos is teaching right like when you have pain in your body most of us reach for some kind of painkiller right like opiate addiction crazy insane right however you establish why that's happened how that's happened right we can talk about that at different time but at the end of the day, we have we have grown ourselves into a society that is reluctant to deal with any sort of discomfort at all. We built our houses this way. We are building our society this way. You can see what's happening with with censorship of you know first free speech and stuff like that. It's like oh that word gives me discomfort. We gotta get rid of it. You know like most of us know we can intuitively feel like that is, is a slippery slope. It's a dangerous line. There are certainly things out there that are enraging people that can even cause violence. But if we're going to do that, we need to really consider the repercussions of censoring people and what that creates on, on both sides of the spectrum, right? Either we have free speech or we don't either. We have free people or we don't take that as you will. Right? So when it comes to your own transformational life, when it comes to your own evolution, to your own growth, you really want to consider that you have been sub- subjugated to a certain type of conditioning that has created a re- an autonomic response from you to avoid what is happening and not listening to the feedback that you're getting. You know, when you have hip pain, that's feedback from your body going, something is out of alignment. And it may not be the hip. It may be something in your leg. It may be something in your back. And the body's compensating, right? And the body is this, has this amazing intelligence to compensate. A few years back, I learned, you know, that, that, um, that thing when, the, when you sit at the doctors, they, they knock your knee and your knee, like your foot kind of flies up like that, right? In response to the, to the hammer hitting the, the, the kneecap. I didn't know why that was. I never really thought to consider why that is at all. And this is such a beautiful thing. And, and it is a really good representation of how the body tries to protect us and why we're not listening. So the reason it happens, apparently, 
I'm not a medical doctor, but this is what I was told, is that there is a, a, a very soft, fleshy tissue right over there. And it's so, um, it's so soft and so vulnerable that if, uh, if the knee didn't pop up in that moment, that tissue would tear, literally tear. So the body's autonomic response to the tissue doesn't tear is to pop up the knee to release the tension. Unbelievable, right? Like this is so incredible. And this is the perfect metaphor for why it is that human beings get traumatized as well, or why we experience or what we call trauma is there is tension in the body at a certain point And it's during a certain experience and in defense of that to defend the body, the body had to respond with some way to protect you from the energy that was hitting the body. And you got to get children are like these wide open vessels of receiving energy. And you guys all know what it feels like when you're feeling overstimulated in your system. We call this anxiety or we call this uh, anger, it could be sadness. It could be so many different ways that people describe it. But at the end of the day, there is too much energy hitting the system simultaneously and the body has to do something or the system would literally be overloaded and potentially die, especially when it for a very sensitive child. Okay, it could be that intense. And so we, we want to begin our process of, of evolving and learning from our system by first acknowledging and honoring the intelligence of our psyche, of our awareness, of our physiology, of our energetic body, of our soul, and how this all works together to kind of create this cocoon, right? This cocoon of, of, of this process. Now, uh, my personal belief is if we just let those systems run, without all the human morality that we put on people when they're, you know, children, yeah, you got to do this. You got to do that. You got to be this way. You got to be that way. The system would just kind of self correct. But because we start getting all this feedback, it's like a doctor that thinks they're doing good by their patient, but accidentally gave them the wrong prescription or the wrong drug or, you know, or performed the wrong surgery. I don't know if you guys know this, but like the, the third leading cause of death in America after like heart disease and, you know, cancer and stuff like that is, 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 uh, what's, what's it called? Um, malpractice. Malpractice. Quarter of a million people a year in the United States die from malpractice. Right. So with the best of intentions, right. We're guided by maybe perhaps the wrong principles. So just wanted to kind of throw that in there. And so we want to begin looking at what are the first steps that then when I have chaos, not in my life, okay? Like, I understand that you guys may have chaotic situations, like money, health, relationships, right? Like, all that kind of stuff. But in this moment, just take a moment before I pass this over to Elon and look at look at some area of your life right now that seems to be in turmoil. And instead of thinking about the facts, instead of looking at the map for information, drop your awareness. So, like, your awareness is up here, right? Centralized behind the head, like, like consciously choose to bring the awareness towards your body. And feel that there is a corresponding energy to these thought forms inside your body. Now the feeling, just take a moment, feel into your body. And I'm just look at the center channel, like look right where the spinal cord is. So you want to look from kind of the and looking with awareness, looking from here, right, basically down all the way to the root.
And I really want you to feel into this corresponding experience that's happening inside of the body. And what I'm going to offer to you is that what you're experiencing outside of yourself is the illusion. Inside, there's chaos. Inside, there's discomfort. Inside, there's call it whatever you will, right? Here's what I know. I've gone through some pretty significant transformations over the last five years of my own life, dealing with like really facing fear and terror that seems to be coming through my circumstances. But when I really am honest about it, I'm like, you know what? I have been living with this terror or fear deep inside my cellular structure, deep inside my energetic structure for as long as I can remember. I generally avoid it and go on about my life. But it doesn't mean that when I'm really being honest with myself that that hasn't been there for, for an extremely long period of time. But when I get honest, I say, hey, you know, that's been living within me for as long as I can remember. And what I notice is, is that when I do certain practices that bring my body down into, back into alignment, meaning that I can downregulate my nervous system, I can metabolize this, this feeling of discomfort in my body. The moment I find placidity, like I, my system gets calm again. I no longer seem to care about these circumstances that were creating fear in my life. Like the fear just, you know, oh, the circumstances are there, but I don't really seem to mind anymore. And then I can get back into a place of aligned action or right action in my life. That's not creating more of what I don't want. Because the trap, and this is where most people get trapped into, is A, they try to figure it out. B, they try to act from the fear and the anxiety and the stress and try to control right what's happening to try to create some kind of circumstance that's going to make them feel safe again. And in acting from that energy, I ended up creating more of that energy. That's what happens when you create from any energy. You just create more of that energy. And so then reality begins to reflect that energy back to me, right? Elena and I call reality an organic hologram that's mirroring back the energy in your body back to you. So in a weird way, by kicking and screaming through this experience and by acting from that energy, I, we recreate the very trauma that we're trying to get out of. And this is why people really get stuck financially. This is why people get stuck relationally. This is why people can't really move beyond some really negative thought patterns and all sorts of psychosomatic diseases that occur because of that, right? Because again, they're not dealing with what's so they're looking at this thing out here and trying to find some formula that fits to try to get out of it or around it. And so I think that's kind of a good starting place around, uh, you know, dealing with chaos in the body is how do we start working with, with the system instead of against the system. I, uh, I was watching a video earlier today and this guy, it was about psychedelics, but the, the, the analogy that the guy brought through was so beautiful and he was saying that when people are treating ailments like anxiety disorder, depression, PTSD, et cetera, a lot of the times they use very similar pills. And so this doctor asked some guy, he's like, you know, why, why are you uh, offering the same medication to kind of heal all these things? He said, well, they all kind of stem from the same place. And he dubbed it stuck brain. <clears throat> and the the analogy that he gave, or the visual that he gave, I thought was so spot on. He said, imagine if your brain was like a ski hill and 
you would go down the ski hill in the same place over and over and over. So you almost create these like grooves in the hill to the point that if you wanted to shift out of the grooves, you really can't. Your skis just kind of line in. So the, the visual I got was almost like if you've ever seen ski jumpers, they're kind of like they go down this thing and there's just rails for their skis, basically. So their, their skis can't move, right? He's like, that's basically stuck brain. And he was talking about psychedelics, but I do believe that our work and the meditations and all that stuff does something very similar. He's like, imagine that instead of having these grooves that your, your body and mind just keep going into that uh, when you take a psychedelic, you're basically, it's like, like skiing on fresh snow. So there's no grooves and you can kind of go anywhere. Why I think this is so, so cool as a visualization is because like when we talk about the, the patterns that we're all trying to fix or overcome, as guy was saying, if you just get that those patterns were created as a protection mechanism in the same way that guy was talking about, like that, that thing with the knee, right? Like you, from the time you were very, very tiny, have created all of these grooves and protections in order to survive something that happened when you were very, very young. So what happens is a trauma happens when you're three, four, five, whatever it is. In order for your three, four, five-year-old self, in order for it to survive that trauma, it needs to create a certain protection mechanism. Okay? Hopefully you guys are tracking this with me. That protection mechanism comes with a hyper-vigilant part that is always on the lookout for how that pain could be reenacted. Okay. So for example, if you experienced the trauma that you experienced was abandonment, right? Like a loved one just wasn't there for you. And that could be that they like physically left. Or in my case, it was just that they weren't like emotionally attuned in that moment. So I couldn't rely on them. Right. So that support wasn't relied on and it doesn't matter. Each, each creates a wounding. So now as I grew up, I had this hypervigilance to a like always look for who could hurt me. Who's going to hurt me? Right. You know, if you were abused, you have this, uh, you know, if you experience loss, you have this, like whatever it is like. So this hypervigilant part is constantly out there looking for like, who's going to hurt me. And then I have a protection mechanism, which is, to keep people at bay or keep people away far enough that they couldn't touch my, my actual heart. Like they couldn't come in so close where I could re wound myself from that same experience. How many of you guys are like, you can track this and, and maybe even if you can share in your comment box, if you can start to put this on yourself, like, what are you hypervigilant about? What is the thing that your mind is constantly out there looking? Is it for people that have more power than you? Is it for people that can hurt you? Is it for, you know, maybe there's a fear of like loss. 
So it's just constantly looking for like how people can leave or, or die or whatever it might be. Is it looking for people that uh, can screw you over? You know, like what's the thing that you are hyper vigilantly looking for? And then see if you can also map for yourself, like what is the protection mechanism that I use? How do I actually protect myself from that core wounding? When you can start to piece this all together, you're going to realize the immense amount of resource that is used moment by moment by moment from your body, from your nervous system, in order to monitor and protect you from all of this stuff. It's like an, an, an engine that is constantly running, which is probably why you all feel exhausted at the end of the day, because this thing is just running rampant. Like, are you going to hurt me? Are you going to hurt me? Are you out of here to hurt me? Are you out of here? Like this. And then anytime someone comes, it's like, it braces and it's like, oh my God. Now, all of this is happening in the background. You're not even consciously aware. You're not consciously doing this. It's just see if you can start to find these uh, places and and parts, right? So Ashley's saying mine is for how I can protect or save people. Yeah. So her, if I would say it another way, Ashley's is like always looking for herself or others being hurt, right? So I can only imagine like with kids, right? Like they'll be playing in a playground, but this part is constantly like trying to figure out, plan the future. Like, oh my God, if they go on this, right? If they go on that, they can't walk on this stair and they can't run in it, right? And there's this just like now feel in your system. There's just anxiety and worry. And by the way, uh, just so you guys know, I find that people kind of fall into two camps. You're either anxious, so like like there's an anxious system, or Uh, a more like depressed, sad system. If you're a depressed, sad system, it means that you're living in the past, right? You're sad about that which happened. Anxiety is for people who are worried about the future that could potentially come, right? So you can see how like people kind of split off into these two different camps, Joyce is saying, fear of dying before I do what I came here to do. Get it all done, right? So there's a hypervigilance probably of like how to stop death or like constantly worrying about, you know, sicknesses and ailments and like what could kill you and blah, blah, blah. So all this is happening on autopilot without you even being there. And all of this is what sucks the life force and energy out of you. kind of debilitating and the reason that no one really like deals with this is because we just assume this is the human condition because look around everyone is living life this way and they're all doing exactly the same thing but the irony is that like when you look at someone else's anxiousness or the way that they're dealing with life you look at them and you're like my god they're so crazy Meanwhile, like we're doing the same thing, maybe in a different place, but to us, it doesn't seem crazy. 
In fact, when other people aren't doing what we're doing, like when they're not hyper vigilant about safety or they're hyper vigilant about, you know, worrying about disease or this and that, we look at them. We're like, why aren't you more like, why aren't you like this? Because it's so ingrained in who we are. That's what I'm talking about. That's like the grooves, right? You cannot just feel like how you cannot shift from those grooves. It always brings you back. And the thing that's really important to understand is like, I, I believe that, that a human came, like the soul came here to have a human experience. And this human experience is constantly about expansion. And as we expand into what's new, into what is unknown, that's obviously going to trigger all of our stuff. And so we have these moments through life to constantly notice things. And there's this, you know, you guys probably heard the story where it's like, you know, at the beginning, God might send God, you can replace with universe, whatever you want. But I'm just going to say God, God might send you like a little kitten, right? Like gnawing at your ankles, like pay attention, pay attention. If you don't pay attention, okay, it's going to send the next thing. And that next thing might be like a bigger cat or a wolf or whatever it is. And if you don't get that, then, then the line, right? Like the lesson is going to come one way or the other. You're going to learn that lesson. It's just, are you, do you have the ability to pay attention when it's like super, super teeny tiny, or do you need it to keep getting more and more and more? You know, like my mother-in-law right now is unfortunately dealing with a very, very severe case of depression since losing her father. Now, I'd love to tell you that this was new, but it's not. Same thing happened when she was 40. Same thing happened when she was 50. Same thing happened when she was 60. Now she just turned 70 and here it is again on a 10 year cycle right? And each time it has gotten worse and worse and worse. And the way that she's dealt with it is by taking pills. Every single time she's taking pills, it's regulated her enough. And then she moves on with her life. Wouldn't you know this time the pills aren't doing shit. The numbing isn't doing it anymore. Because this time, she has to learn this lesson. And the only way to learn the lesson is to actually go to the root cause, which is a massive fear. It's kind of what, uh, kind of what Joyce was pointing to, but it's a massive fear of loss. So like anytime that someone that she loves, there's this uh, a feeling of like loss. So anytime someone's sick, uh, anytime someone gets hurt, it just that that's the way that she rides. When people around her are healthy, she's great. When people around her are sick and or dying, it's like game over. And it's been that way for years. It's just now it's gotten to this place where it's like she has to deal with it. Right. She has to go there. And, uh, you know, yesterday I actually uh, took her by the hand and, and, and took her to a therapist and she was terrified terrified and i can feel obviously because i can feel people's nervous system i can feel the terror in her system and this work whether you guys want to believe it or not it is terrifying to your mind and the and the system why not to the system more to your mind because the mind all these parts and all these protectors they don't want to be found out and when you start walking this path 
it knows, the parts know, even before you do, that you're going to find out. You're going to see how they do all of these things. You're going to see how they've kept you playing this very, very small, comfortable, protected life. They don't want you to see any of that. They're great operating behind the scenes without you you being oblivious and then like the puppeteer pulling all the strings. How many times have you guys like wanted to do something, take some action in your life and you've felt this thing, whatever this thing is, pull you back and keep you playing small, whether it was getting into a relationship, out of a relationship, starting a business, getting out of a business, moving, like anything, debilitating. All of it is because underneath there is something, a wounding, a trauma, that your entire being is trying to protect you from seeing and going through. And the thing that I want to offer you, and I'll, I'll throw this back to Guy, like I want you to get that all the protections, everything that was initiated happened by, when you were like three, four, five years old. For some of you even younger, you know three, four, five-year-old kids, right? And you know yourself, however old you are, right? Like, could you see how to a three, four, five-year-old versus how old you are today that your view of life, your perception of life and what would be scary or traumatic or end of days is very different than what your viewpoint would be today. But you're still running the same protection mechanisms at the same levels that a three, four, five-year-old needed. And gone unchecked will run for the rest of your life. The invitation here is how do you get to that place? How do you begin to feel internally? Because the only way out is through. And unless you're learning tools and techniques that allow you not to just understand all these maps that I shared, it's awesome. And it will make no difference. You knowing, you understanding will make no difference because until you can witness all of that and go within to actually allow for that bind to unbind and liberate, it will own you till the end of days. Here, here. So I put it in the chat box there. <clears throat> Sorry, I like hit back on my browser. And I, I love, Joyce, what you said. Yes, the mind wants us to stay in our numbing comfort bubble. That's what it wants. Even if your comfort bubble, like even if the bubble that it's keeping you in right now, you're looking at and going, but I don't want to be here. To the mind, he's like, I don't give a shit what you want. Like hmm. this, we can deal with. And if this is uh, overweight, if this is shitty relationships, if this is a crappy bank account, if this is an overstressed, overworked life, whatever your bubble is, it knows how to navigate it. And it's like, I would rather be here than anywhere else, right? The devil you know is better than the one that you don't. And I guess this conversation is like, but is it really? Is it really? And that's the inquiry. Uh, bro, I, I accidentally hit back on my browser. And when I popped back in, I think I lost um, admin rights. Okay. Can you make me a room administrator? Yeah. I can't, like, I can't switch the view. I can't do any of that right now. 
Got it. Um, or he goes to Madrid, whichever works. Beautiful. Yeah. Did that do it? Can you actually, you know, the little star in the top left corner there? Can you star that? Yeah. Star you. Okay. Yeah, I can do it. Great. Thank you. So. Yeah, so I was just curious, you know, I put in the chat box there. I want to hear from you guys. What are you what are you hearing and what Elon is saying for your own life? What what's applicable? You know, if you guys have our meditations, the intention of those meditations is to teach you how to face what's inside. Like how many of you guys, when I say to be free and liberated, you you know, maybe you've never articulated that way before for yourself, but to be free and feel liberated might be one of your top priorities in life. I know it is for me. You know, like my priorities in life are really simple. I want to feel healthy in my body, right? I want to be a liberated human being to the extent that I can be. I want to have awesome, juicy, fantastic, connected relationships, especially with the people closest to me, immediate family, friends, right? I want to live in abundance and that means in all, in all ways. So abundance in my relationship, right? Cause again, I can apply abundance to health and relationships, not just, not just money. Cause money is a fortunate, unfortunate vehicle, right? That we use today. It, it certainly plays an important role, but most people are, are wildly imprisoned by it. I've had to do an inordinate amount of work around my relationship to, to money because Elon and I don't come from, from wealth by any, measurable um situation we grew up very poor immigrants so you know wherever you might be around it like we've had to work through a lot a lot of that stuff to create the things that we're creating and i can tell you even as we've created things invested in things a lot of stuff pops up in our conditioning that has made some really really bad choices based on total ignorance right and so most of us, if not all of humanity, is where they are right now because of ignorance. But instead of thinking of it as intelligence, think of it as ignorance from experience. Because intelligence is like, I read a book, I understand what's in it, I can regurgitate that, and that is reaffirmed by how we school children for the most part. Right? But, but real wisdom, real intelligence has to be directly experienced. And so underneath the skin suit that we're all wearing and around the skin suit that we're all wearing is this extremely dynamic, sometimes subtle and sometimes not experience happening all the time. And yet most of us have zero education, zero knowledge, and we literally prevent ourselves from going in there. And in my worldview today, one cannot, cannot under any circumstances feel liberated, feel connected, feel abundant, feel healthy, until you start peeking inside. Now you can peek inside in a really violent way. You can peek inside and say, I don't like what I see in there. I don't like how it feels in there. This discomfort, I feel gross in there. This is what I'm trying to hide from the world. And so I've put this facade up in front of me to provide evidence that I'm a rational, okay, somewhat healthy, connected human being that seems to be living a happy life, but inside I'm fucking dying. And I, and I would just tell you for most people, whether they acknowledge that or not to some variation and degree, that's probably how they're living. A lot of people come to our doors in a world of pain 
emotional pain, physical pain, financial pain, body pain. And it's like, it really is the buildup over a long period of time. Like our, our bodies are, are amazing machines. You can eat junk food, drink beer, do drugs, and be totally disregard anything about your health. And like the body will run reasonably well for 30, 40 years. It's insane. Imagine just like dumping sand into like a gas tank for 30 years of your car and it still runs somehow. Seems wildly improbable, but that should also tell you the resiliency and intelligence of this machine. It's extremely well adapted. Now, if you treat it well, you get a lot, a lot in return for that treating it well for the most part. Right. And I would offer, it's the same thing, maybe even more important when it comes to our, our awareness, you could look inside with through your, the eyes of your conditioning and judge what you're experiencing constantly. This will put you into a, a, a ripple effect of tension. Like that's what Elon's mother-in-law is doing currently, right? She has this uncomfortable experience and then there's the ego mind that's judging it and making it worse because her conditioning tells her that she's supposed to be otherwise. She's supposed, like she is a caretaker by trade. That's her entire life. So, so being, being taken care of while having the inability to take care is literally death to this woman inside of her experience. And you can understand why that causes trepidation. Now we can look at all the different variety of things that have created that over this woman's lifetime, but that has never been, that's never been satisfied. She's never sat and actually had to been with the fear of not being able to serve other people because that is her entire identity. So who am I if I'm not that? And that's a really good question to ask because she's not the service that she gives. And her, the love that she receives in this world and what she's able to create has nothing to do with that. But in her mind and the conditioning that she's been adapted to and given, that's it. There's no life without that. Very scary place for a psyche to go. So like Elon said, all that stuff has been underneath the surface for this person for a very long time. But it's gotten to the point where she can no longer put enough masking tape over it to make it seem like it's okay. And for this little girl, right? She's an older woman now, but when the little girl that lives inside of her, it's really never been okay. But it's also never been given an opportunity to be seen in a way so that it can be made okay. And so how we view our internal experience in my worldview today you can have a different opinion. That's totally fine. Literally matters more than the circumstances that are outside of you. Meaning your inner experience trumps your outer experience every time. And if you kind of lean into this a little bit with me, I want you to just look at consumer goods that you buy, vacations that you go on, cars that you purchase, cell phones that you might acquire, experiences that you might go get. At the end of the day, all of that external stuff is trying to satisfy to create a more well-balanced, safe, and enjoyable inner experience. Is that not the case? Can anybody say otherwise? Your ego might have other opinions about that. So we can keep doing those things and provide band-aids. We can keep doing those things and take the drugs. We can keep doing those things and for a moment in time, of a, you know, like drinking, right? Great example. 
How do you avoid your issues? Get some dopamine, feel good for a little bit. Feel terrible when you're not drinking. So you start drinking more, right? Drugs, sex, food, all these addictions, same thing. And so at the end of the day, if we don't start with, let me understand, let me start to experience and get curious about how do I perceive my inner world in a healthy way, you as a human being, again, my opinion, you don't have to take it, is that you will never be free. You can build a castle, you can build a moat, you can do all the things that humanity has done for a long time. You can build armies, you can build borders, you can create cultures, you can create governments, you can do all these things that systematically try to provide this empty feeling of safety that cannot be given to you and can only be cultivated by looking inside and facing the discomfort that lies within. Now, what Elon and I do very well here, I was going to say attempt to do, but we do do it. We actually do it. We, we guide people towards what has been taught to us over a 20-year period is how to view that. And the quality of awareness and energy from which you view may be the most important thing. Because it's not just about the view. is is it, it'll, That view elicits a particular response that allows for, quote, unquote, healing to occur. Healing can be defined in lots of different ways. Some people define it as complete resolution. Some people define it as just more well-being. You know, I don't want to get into all the semantics around healing because it's a word and it can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. I know, quote, quote unquote, I've healed something when the stimulus, external stimulus happens and I'm not triggered inside. Like I don't, I don't react to it. I can, I might still even have something looping in my system. Like I can actually feel like, oof, okay, there's like a, a part there that got hit by that energy and I can acknowledge it through my awareness. It moves in and out of my system cleanly, but I don't, but there's no reactivity that creates negativity in my life or what Eastern philosophy would say, or it's more karma in my life. That, that to me is what healing is. It's a full acknowledgement of my experience all the way through with no reactivity. There's a response to the stimulus now. I so, just want to say when, when he's saying no reactivity, um, it's not just, uh, I'm going to give it both ways, right? So like, I believe, and, and Guy will probably agree with this, that we've actually gotten to a place in our system where it's kind of like what Buddha talks about. There's no attachment and there's no aversion. Meaning like, even when things are going awesome in our lives today, there's way less of this like grasping for to keep it here, right? We're also allowing the good stuff to move through and be there in the same way that we're allowing what would people would call like the negative stuff, because you get to this place as you do more of this work and you have more of these sits with practice practitioners and you begin to glimpse things over and over and over, you get to this place where you're stabilizing something. And that stabilization allows you to be with anything that is arising. And it's all love. Like even the things that are the most uncomfortable, like you witness it as love. The things that are the most rewarding and most blissful, you just witness it as love, but you're not attached or pushing away anything. You're just like, to me, if I can put it in words, it's, it's a state where 
I have awe for the level and the subtlety to which I can experience life. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm sitting in the car yesterday with my mother-in-law and, and I'm feeling her system just get overcome with, with terror, right? Like it was, it was like a, a, an actual terror response in her body. And I'm in awe of how I'm able to experience that in my beingness and hold her while she's having that experience without trying to make that experience go away. I'm not trying to like justify it. I'm not trying to talk her out of it. I'm able to hold her having that experience as I'm having like a shared experience with her and I'm just in awe. Or if my children are like crying or really upset or angry or frustrated, right? Like finding moments where I'm not resisting their experience, but I'm in awe that I'm able to be with the totality of their experience and my experience. And I have this part that just sits here and it's literally like sits and goes, whoa, like, how are we doing that? It's still like in, in awe and disbelief of that. And so I just wanted to add that in because it's not just like the, the, what people call like, how do I get over the negative stuff? It's not, it's just, you get to this place where you just, you become the observer that you guys have all read about in books. You literally are viewing and witnessing life from that place. And the thing that I don't think books do a good enough job of explaining is like, why is that so important? From my experience, why is that so important? Because the second you grasp for something that is so good, right? And like, you want to keep it here. Do you ever guys notice like when you want to keep something here, what happens? Does it stay or does it go, Mm -hmm. right? Like the more you want to pull it towards you, doesn't it always feel like it like moves away or the more you want to push something, doesn't it feel like it comes at you more? So it's right. Like the world is in that, uh, opposite reaction the thing that i find just incredible is like when you give up the grasping or you give up the pushing you allow for this energy just to move through and it just moves through things that have been ailing you forever just move through and it's like look guy and i were we're fathers of of two we're husbands. We're, we run a business together. We have a team. You know, we have a, a large business with thousands of clients, like all over the world. Like, there's a lot of shit happening in our lives, right? Like, mother-in-law, our own parent. Like, there's a lot, as you can imagine, because I'm sure you guys have a lot in your life too. What we used to do is we used to meddle in every little thing, try to figure out how to solve every little thing. Then we did personal development and we got all these new tools on how to solve and manage all of these little things. So now the mind is like, oh, well, I, if I just have this conversation with this person and if I just write down these things and if I just clear this with that person and then, right. And you, now you're doing the same thing, but just with new tools. And now we're like, we don't do any of that. Mm-hmm. We just allow for things to happen. Right. And like, Things find a way to move through your life experience. 
If you're the one that's like constantly like, okay, if everything wants to move through and you're like, no, 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 but what's this? What's this? How does this? Now it's here. It's just staying here. Instead, it just wants to go like this. And that's what I, I find to be the most amazing part as we do more of this work. It's like the ability to allow and surrender to that which is, it blows me away. It just blows me away. Yeah. And, you know, we have a, a client who we love, uh, Jennifer Lau, uh, who's just a, a wonderful embodiment of this work. And if you guys know her, follow her online. She just shares so beautifully and, and vulnerably. And one of the promises we make when people start doing more of the energetic awareness work, which we consider our, our level two and level three work, just for, for clarification for you guys, because we still teach a lot of the mindset. We still teach mindset training because it, it's it's part of the ride. Right. Like you, you have to, have, in our opinion, you have to have both. Most people just end that mindset and they're leaving not just a piece of the puzzle off, like the big, the bigger piece of the puzzle off. Right. Like we, it's very prudent to understand how the mind works. And uh, I don't think anything really works in people's lives if they don't take responsibility for it and have uh, a baseline for integrity there. Even in Buddhism, there are certain precepts. Like when I, I've sat like a monk for 10 days in silent meditation, there are precepts you must follow five of them when you get there. And if you don't do that, the benefit of the work cannot be promised to you. And in life, it's the same way. There are benefits to doing mindset work, but there has to be fundamentals, like guiding principles from which you live your life from, like a philosophy that are non-negotiables. Because if you negotiate with them, you will break the bond that creates this fluid nature in your life. And so I remember Jennifer was just sharing and I said, one of the promises we make is that this work, and then we have another one, Noah, that just had this experience too. We're like, this work is not like it's going to give you something in return today. And then like tomorrow you're like, yeah, it's not really paying off anymore. The, the level at which this exponentially grows to benefit you, in my opinion, is infinite. Because exploring the, the subtle nature of reality and exploring your true nature can only lead to more well-being, connection, love, openness, liberation in your life only. I've never seen it do anything else. I mean, without exception, only. And so for a lot of you guys, I know things may be hard or that you may have resistance to change. It's not you. It's certain mechanisms of our body, right? Like humans, like Elon said, we have this weird thing. When things are good, we want to freeze time. This is it, right? And if you look at the whole of humanity and how it's like scared with AI and climate change and this and that, like there, there certainly may be valid reasons for those concerns. I'm not saying that there aren't. And I, I hope we do something about every one of those areas as a global culture. But that also requires people living from a different place. It requires people living from their hearts to give a shit, not from their minds and not from survival and not all the other things that we have, you know, careened into as a, as a society as it currently is. And I do think, and I do believe things are going to get better and it's going to get better on the back of work like this because it's not about us creating a society or laws or whatever you might think that that creates that world. Cause we've been trying that for like a few thousand years now. Out. So maybe not really working. Yeah. It's like going to your, like a, you know, a, a, a stock picker and he keeps picking the stock, but you keep losing money, but you keep going to the same stock picker. Like he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Right, but it's not it's not governments that are at fault. It's that it's structured by the energy 
of survival and of the mind and all that kind of things. And if we want that to change, then it's the hearts and minds of the people that get to change before people in power, right? And people who have a say at the highest level of what gets to happen on this planet has to change too. So your internal work is the number one thing, in my opinion, that you can be doing for creating salvation on this planet, for creating liberation and freedom and connection and abundance on this planet. Because when you're in this state, all that other stuff kind of, it gets muted. All the stuff that's on media, all the stuff that people concern themselves with. I can't really tell you I'm very concerned about that. I'm just going about my life. It could certainly, we could certainly be, be creating towards the end of the world, but my purview is, I guess we'll see. And then we'll learn from that and we'll evolve again, right? Like, I don't believe this is the, my, last, my last and final form. And I know that goes against some religious texts. So <clears throat> your- can, can, I, can I just say one thing? Because a lot of times people talk about like these grandiose ideas, like salvation of humanity and blah, blah, blah. And I know Guy feels this too, like our number one priority and the reason we do everything that we do today, I, I'm going to say mine, I'm sure Guy would agree, is to be the best father that we can be right to like pass on to our little beings that chose us tools and, and uh, experiences that our parents, not because they didn't want to, they just didn't know to, to provide us. Right. Like, and so it's not always about the the grandiose, like I'm going to go and save the planet. You know, for me, it's like, I just want to be the best dad that I can be. You know, and maybe that that's enough for you as well. Like enough. I mean, like, I think that's way more than enough. But like, to me, that's how we change the world. Yeah. Can I can I enroll you guys in an idea real quick that came through this weekend? I haven't said this out loud before. I don't really know how it's going to come out and I don't know how it's going to sit. But if you guys say yes, I'll offer you something that came through. And I'll be honest with you how it came through. Also. Sorry for getting background noise, by the way. <clears throat> yeah, I'm just waiting for a bunch of you guys to say yes in the chat box if you're interested. If not, we can we can close up shop. <laughs> I'll take that as a no then. They're on a delay, by the way. I know. Okay, there we go. So uh, every once every once in a while, it's been actually a number of years since we've done this. We we rented a house up in uh, in the mountains here in California, and uh, me and a, a group of friend and a group of friends, um, like fourteen, uh, big did a, 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 a psilocybin uh, ceremony over the weekend. And uh, <clears throat> whether you've done that or not, or have any context for what that is, it's a it's a really beautiful, expansive, very um, opening experience. And uh, I'm very fortunate because the people I live with here in San Diego uh, that I call my family all do the same level of work that Elon and I share with you guys on a regular basis. So this mystery school that we talk about, school of energetics and healing, everyone in my immediate circle has done or is doing this work simultaneously. So it's a little bit challenging to imagine from regular life uh, and people who, who are out there and, and doing things like what it's like to be in a community, like having, you know, having like your 20 closest friends or what have you all be in this kind of energetic awareness being able to tune to each other attune to your children show up for each other when we're having a bad day and help each other regulate like in a weird way we're kind of living in the future of of what i believe humanity is slowly turning into and so at the end of my experience 
Elon knows this about me, but whether I've done ayahuasca or other experiences, my, my experiences are very meta. I, I get like very global, universal type of pictures of what things could look like. And I had this kind of premonition, this download that came through, and it, it basically said this. And it's something I want to start communicating to this community as well, especially those of you guys who are finding a home here and you're starting to feel some sort of ownership to a community. You know, when you get value from a community, like Elon and I were part of a personal development community for 12 years, I felt ownership for that community, for the people who came there, for their experience that they had, the type of transformation they created. And Elon and I dedicated 12 years of our lives without getting paid a penny to, to working there because of the, the value that it gave. And people are often surprised to hear that Elon and I coached for free for eight to 10 years before we had a, even a considered coaching or a client as a, something to do if that gives you any context for, for, for our integrity or the work that we've done. But the premonition was like this. It was giving me a vision of the world of tomorrow. And it basically was showing me that we're all living with these like categories, these identities we live inside of. You know, we have the, the garbage man, we have the lawyer, we have the doctor. But at the end of the day, we're all people. And people wake up in the morning and what we don't get to do today because of these identities is we don't get to live from our intuition. We don't get, get to live from our joy and from our alignment. And what really makes sense to us is like, ugh, another day at work. And it was showing me this picture and it said, like, look, the society of tomorrow would have to take ownership of the area that they live and of the communities that they live in. So what that would look like is imagine you're walking down the street in your city and there's garbage on the ground. But in today's context, when there's garbage on the ground, you go, it's not my job to pick that up. It's the garbage, garbage man's job to pick that up. And that's a small example, but just saying like, what if that wasn't the context? What if you didn't have that identity of your, their job and your job? It's like, this is your home. When it's dirty, you pick shit up. When the glass is clean, you clean it. When a person's crossing the street and need, need help, you help them. But what if you wake up in the morning and you could just do whatever you wanted? Like today, I feel like growing food and helping people farm. Great, go do that. Today, I feel like doing some manual labor and helping someone build a house. Great, go do that. And my feeling is, is like kind of like a beehive where the queen bee doesn't have to tell the bees what to do. They just kind of intuitively know that everything in society could kind of be taken care of. Again, I don't know that this could be done from the level of mind that we're currently operating at. I'm saying this is like a, a vision for the future. And so what I wanted to say is like, I've been part of communities too, just like ours, that have faults. Elon and I are not faultless human beings. We're not pious by any stretch of the fucking imagination. Let me put that word in there so you know how unpious I am. But my point is, is that we're humans confused <laughs> and without a manual trying to figure out this very expansive, infinite thing that we call life and how to live it to the best of our ability with, you know, these different technologies that we are coming to in terms of our evolution and so, like, even in, in communities I've been, I always hear people complain about this, that, or the other. I always hear people complaining about this government and how it's being run, but they complain, and they have no intention of doing anything about it. But in the complaining, we take power. It's like a power over, power under, even if it's just internally in our system. It's like our way of, like, taking some power from what feels like has power over us. And so I kind of wanted to play with this idea as a community because I'm like, what if we began operating like this community of tomorrow? I'm sure as some of you, some of you may not have, some of you guys have my, have the best experience here. And some of you guys might find cracks in our systems or in Elon and myself, and then suddenly be really disenchanted. And then you'll go and you'll tell other people in the community, I don't like how they're doing this. And they didn't, I didn't get support here and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Things fall through the cracks because we're humans and we cannot build perfect systems. But here's the, here's the shtick about, 
the, the breakthrough that I had or the vision that I had was what if you just did take ownership of that? When you found a fault, what if you just took responsibility and ownership of that and you helped correct it? Because as a community, that's ultimately what drives a community. Like ultimately over the next few years, whatever the Satori Prime thing that Elon and I have built is not ours. What we're teaching you is not ours either. We've committed our lives to having an understanding and wisdom and guidance in this area. And we feel very deeply to desire to teach this and share this with other people because we know the impact that it makes in our lives, the people around us, the students who've had this. And we want to impact this world for the better. So I've been reading a lot of books, and I will wrap this up soon, about how current companies who are transforming into really 21st century companies give their employees full autonomy. Like they no longer dictate what the person does. They understand what their roles are. They understand what the mission of the company is. And then they let them operate using all their gifts and all their talents. And they're just like, go fucking do it. And these companies are exploding in revenue far beyond what companies that think in hierarchy and 20th century type of thinking. So this is already happening in our society, PS. And it's kind of the same thing in our organization. Like our sales team has full autonomy. Our people have full autonomy. We're just like, just like, you know what, you know what we're trying to do. Just help, like, use your magic, use your intuition, be with people, really be present with them. There's no, there's no narrow way you got to do this. Just like, just be with them and serve. And that's been a big change in how the energy of our company has operated and direction and the speed at which it's moving. And so I kind of want to make this like light invitation to those of you guys who feel called to it. It's like, if, 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 if Elon and I are the hierarchy in the traditional sense, and you have an idea or you want to do something the bottleneck is always going to be me and Elon in our time and our energy, right? You're like, oh, this isn't working in the company. Oh, okay, well, let me bring it to them and they'll have to deal with it. Well, we only have so, so much time and resources to do that. And if it's something that you could hypothetically do inside the organization to better people's lives, certainly it can't be self-promotion. It can't be hurting other people or anything like that. We would squash that dead quickly because that's just creates a very, very bad ethos around here. But like, I want to play with this idea of like having the community just show up because they care about the community. What does it look like to serve and to solve and to, you know, help people and all this kind of stuff. And I kind of want to, like I said, I wasn't quite sure how this was all going to come out, how it's even going to land or how we would implement these things. But it's a idea I want to continue to meditate on and like bring forward this conversation in the community, whether it's here or in communities you care about. It is, it is time for this global community to start showing up and not saying it's not my responsibility. Because if we all just do a little bit or if we all wake up and say, hey, this is what feels good for me today, I'm going to just do a little bit of that. I really do think this world, these communities, they're, they're going to get way more powerful and wildly grow. And there's a lot of evidence uh, for this that I'm not going to stay here, but I just wanted to kind of at least seed that in the space. You guys don't have to do anything about anything I just said, but maybe there's somewhere in your life where you can look at just starting to show up a little bit differently and removing, removing the, the, the bondage uh, of these identity traps that we play inside of. Okay. So love you guys. I appreciate you guys being here. Uh, again, if you want to uh, check out the new work that we're doing, if you haven't already, uh, I know some of you guys are jumped on it. We're getting awesome, awesome feedback on this. Again, I, can just, I think I can open notes page for you in a separate tab. I'm going to try to let you tell me if it works. 
you guys let me know if that opened the page on your on your screen there. Um, I highly recommend, you know, even if you've done our work to jump into MMI, our Millionaire Mindset Immersion, the, we've never released that before. We've had that, on, believe it or not, on a digital bookshelf for about six years, almost seven years now. Um, I started going through what's back there. And I'm like, fuck, this is really, really good. I'm like, we need to do, we need to do something with this and put it out there. And I want you guys to know that people paid between a grand and $1,500 for that experience. There's another experience that other people paid even more for. And we decided we're going to make this available to everybody, right? But we do believe that you need to put something at stake. Uh, otherwise, you'll just never go through the program. That's been our experience when we, we try to give things away for free. It doesn't work. So, um, you know, jump in. Even if you've just been hanging out on the, on the sidelines, it's going to give you a really big gulp taste of what it is that we do around here. So you're not just looking at maps, but you're actually having a direct experience. And then of course our hope, we know that if you implement, you work with what we're teaching you and you're patient with yourself, your life is going to transform. And then of course our hope is come work with us, come work with us and find out about this energetic awareness stuff that we're talking about. Come to live events, come do L2 and L3, create abundance in your life and then invest and then invest in what's really important, which is ultimately investing in yourself. Uh, Emily, I'll just drop the link in here so I don't have to recreate that whole um, other thing, but right there. So if you go to Souls and Seekers uh, slash MMI, MMI stands for Millionaire Mindset Immersion, and see if that feels good for you. Uh, there's a 14-day refund if you're like, this isn't the experience I was looking for, but I can't imagine that will be the case, but it's totally fine if that's where it takes you. Um, you know, we, we, we are on a, on a path right now to affect a lot more people than we have in the past because within our live program, there's only so much impact we can do. But the reality is we live in a digital world and things move at digital speeds today and we can impact thousands of people's lives by getting programs like this in their hands. If you're part of this work and you feel like you want to share this work with people, that would be a really, really good introduction into our work. And I want to relate to you. Lastly, uh, we have a live event coming up here on August 5th and 6th. I don't know if you know this, but as of right now, when you buy a ticket, you can buy one and give one away for free, which we've never done before, right? Again, in the, in the, in the effort to spread, spread this work beyond it, whether people have the financial means, whether it's, uh, and, and you just want to give to them because they don't, or whether it's a family, a friend, or a colleague, or someone that's really close to you in your life, and you know that they are doing work, but they would really, really benefit from this experience, and you can have this unbelievable hopefully experience like i feel when i give work like this to people i've gifted work like this to people in the past before um my sister-in-law who works with us in this organization it's like a gift we gave her many years ago between me and my wife like it, it changes people's lives you 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 get your angel wings you know and like you just see years later the impact of this incredible idea you had oh i'm just gonna give them this thing and see what happens for them and like they, they open and they flourish and they heal. And it's like to walk around with that and know yourself as that person in this world that, that dramatically impacts people's lives this way. Uh, it's second to none. It really is. So uh, hopefully my ramblings were, were fun for you today. I love you all. Uh, we'll see you next time. I know there's some challenges with getting on the webinar today. We'll, we'll look into what, um, what happened in the background there. So uh, we'll do it better.